0: hi and welcome to the sales enablement pro podcast i am shauna samawang sales enablement is a constantly evolving space and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs today i'm excited to have ken miller join us from delphix ken i would love for you to introduce yourself your role and your organization to our audience
1: yeah hi uh thanks shana um it's as you said it's ken millard here Uh, i am english as you can probably tell from my accent uh, but i uh, have lived uh, outside of the uk for the last 25 years in uh, italy germany and uh, poland Uh, and in that time i've worked for a variety of uh, software companies um and for most of that time it's been uh, in in an enablement role Uh, currently Uh, I live in uh, Germany, married with uh, two kids and uh, working for, as you said, uh, Delphix as uh, senior sales enablement uh, program manager. A quick word on Delphix, they are uh, principally a, um, it's all about data for for Delphix, Um, and they take the view that uh, every company is a data company, and also pretty much every large company is undergoing some form of digital transformation. And where those two meet, where data meets digital transformation is where Delphix really scores.
0: Well, Ken, I'm honored to have you join us today. So thank you so much for making the time. In fact, uh, you caught my eye because you wrote an article about the importance of mastering the basics, uh, communication, context, focus, and connection. Um, And you need all of these things essentially in order to succeed in sales. So you know, I'd love to hear from you, for our audience, what do the basics look like in a sales enablement context? And how can sales enablement practitioners Master those fundamentals.
1: Yeah, right. The, the The focus of that article was to uh, remind people that um, you know salespeople uh, don't need to master everything. In fact, hardly anybody needs to master everything, but the basics. You know, and and it's it's a bit of a sporting analogy. Um, the uh, anybody that is a professional sports person they whether they're hitting the ball or catching the ball or uh, sliding the puck along the ice or whatever it happens to be, they need to be able to do those those simple things that are involved in that sport without thinking about them and only once they've mastered those basics can they then move on to. You know the the finer points, or maybe somebody's uh, uh, tackled them when they're about to pass the ball, and they still have to complete the pass. These kind of things, uh, the interruptions, or the objections, or whatever, get in the way of uh, their normal communication, their norm, the basic business of selling. And as a consequence, the the salesperson or the sportsperson needs to be able to do those basics absolutely, automatically, absolutely, without having to think about it. And only when they've got that can they then start to do the the finer points and and make a a difference and have that 1% and make that 1% difference, which is the difference between succeeding and failing at the the end of the day. And in the context of of sales enablement, the salespeople, uh, the basic aims are that they have to have or need to be able to confidently deliver the company message. Now, some people would call that a pitch. I'm not really in favor of the word pitch because it's it's not just a standard pitch um, from door-to-door salesman kind of uh, background. It is something that is specific to each customer. And in order for you to be able to deliver something that's specific to the customer, you need to understand absolutely the basics of the your company's message and how it might be applied to the customer. So that's the kind of pitch that you would do there. As an enablement people, we need to give them the confidence to deliver that well. Enablement people need to be able to instill some kind of curiosity in salespeople and also a certain persistence uh, in uncovering details within a company or uncovering points about the company that uh, where, where the product might be applicable for them. We need, as enablement people, to teach familiarity with the product value add. Now, why why do I say that? Because they need to be so familiar with it that whenever a, a customer starts talking about um, how they apply um, in 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 um, Delphix context, how they work with data, or how they develop their applications, or how they're moving to the cloud, the Um, the salesperson can take what they're listening to uh, and apply a particular value add from uh, the the set of um, value adds that they've been familiarized uh, with by enablement. And lastly, uh, a particular uh, favorite of mine is enabling them to have the confidence in themselves and in the product to be humble when uh, they uh, receive an objection or they receive a particularly tough question from the customer. And in, in each of those four cases, the salespeople need to be the ones that do it. We as individual uh, enablement people don't have to master all of those things. We need to, in, as I said, uh, encourage the salespeople to ha- have an environment in which they can learn about these things, in which they can practice these things. And, and and that needs to be a safe environment. It's a lot safer talking to me about issues they have with objection handling or how they might uncover more situations at a customer uh, where Delphix might be applicable than it is trying to do it on the fly in front of the customer or on a virtual call with the customer. As enablement people, we've got to provide a way for them to learn. We've got to provide. Um, an environment that is safe for them to question, that, a, a way for them to practice and get feedback, an opportunity to uh, discuss these things that they might not feel that they have uh, with their sales manager. And they definitely don't want to be practicing it um, uh, in front of the customer.
0: I, I think that's a really fantastic point. Now, for for newer sales enablement folks, when starting in a, a new role, what advice would you give to sales enablement practitioners uh, to set themselves up for success and begin to identify priorities within the organization?
1: I think that there's two distinct points for enablement people, and that is that um, before they join, so during the um, application process, they should uh, try and I appreciate it's from the outside, but they should try and Understand what the company is about from an enablement point of view and what kind of challenges that enablement person might have within that company. Repeat from the outside. They're not going to know all the nuances, they're not going to know necessarily all of the messaging, et cetera, but they need to think as an enablement person what company might be struggling with with regards to enablement of its salespeople. So in the case of uh, Delphix, when I went through the application process I used Simon Sinek's start with the why so I tried to understand why does Delfix do what it does and then how does it do it and then what does it use to to do that and with that I was able to um pull out a number of points that um you know a a startup like Delfix well, I say a startup, it's been around for a long time, but it, it's it's going through uh, hyper growth at the moment. So it's kind of like a startup. It, it has an issue with uh, brand, but so that's one of the challenges. It has an issue with getting people to understand, oh, my goodness, uh, you can do this. You can do that with data. You can virtualize data and mask data. Oh, my goodness. It, that would have saved me so much time if only I'd known. Uh, so. There's an awful lot of uh, issues that salespeople have in Delphix with regards uh, to not only getting the the brand out there, but also getting the understanding out there. It's almost as if uh, we have a solution for which they never knew that there was a possible solution for. So during the uh, application, I kind of um, uncovered that by using the, the start with the Y and was able to pitch something as an outsider during the process. When I came in, most of what I'd uncovered or I thought I'd uncovered actually wasn't true, but it it is something that you should go through as, as a way to demonstrate that you do understand enablement and you do understand how you would impact the enablement. And then when you start in a company, you start to, in talking with sales management, you get to appreciate what their priorities are with regards to the people that are working for them. And senior sales management will have goals that they want to achieve with regards to um you know strategies with regards to uh, objectives and things like that and some of those can be impacted by sales enablement and what sales managers are looking for maybe you would identify from them who their problem children are within the sales force i don't want to call them salespeople children but it's just a um a, a phrase that is used and those individual sales when you talk to them they're going to have their input as to what they're missing and what they need to succeed. And it's combining those three things. So the needs of the individuals, needs of the management, needs of senior management, give you an idea about what you could start to work on in the first 30 days, what you would need to wait a little bit longer to, uh, to work on, and what is coming up in terms of Uh, changes within uh, the company maybe they're introducing a new way to do pricing maybe they're introducing a new way to use salesforce or maybe they're using another crm tool. maybe they've got new products coming out and enablement can help in all of those areas so in summary i would say when you are planning to join a new organization try and think about what kind of challenges there might be and how you would approach them as part of your interview process and when you join If you take the approach to listen a lot, listen from those three groups that I mentioned and get input, try not to promise anything, even though it's very tempting to to get involved in solving problems, Uh, try not to promise too much and try to get a plan, get some uh, buy-in with management as to what your plan is going to be for 30, 60, 90 days once you've spoken to a few people and then start to implement it. And then comes the key point. Once you've implemented a few things, make a bit of noise about it. Do your own PR, not only tell your boss, but tell everybody else uh, that uh, you've achieved these things. Maybe start a newsletter, maybe start a Slack channel. Uh, there are very many things that you can do to publicize the success. And once you've started to demonstrate your own value, people will come to you and start to ask you to do things for them because they've seen that you can demonstrate uh, that you understand what's going on and that you can produce things that, that um, help them sell better.
0: I love that advice. I think that's fantastic advice for those starting out in sales enablement. Now, you, you touched on this ever so briefly um, just a moment ago, um, but it's around making sure that there is a a. A centralized understanding of sales enablement within the organization. Once you start, so you know, in your experience, um, how can the definition of sales enablement vary from organization to organization? And are there any fundamentals that you think are critical for any enablement function to include in its strategy? Right.
1: The whole topic of definition of of sales enablement has has been occupying uh, a lot of people who are far cleverer than I am. Uh, at but I, I do feel that at the moment, industry and the profession of sales enablement is a little bit too new to have a definition that works across the board. What is very key, I think, is that the individuals involved in an enablement organization or enablement department of an organization, they decide what enablement is going to do within that organization. They they write themselves a charter. And in that charter, they're going to say what they want to do uh, and what they want to influence. Also, what what they're not going to do, uh, because you can get pulled in all sorts of different directions, and you need to be able to say, "Here's my charter. Here's what has been agreed that enablement is going to do and what it's not going to do." Because otherwise, you're you're spread too thin across uh, larger organisations, and you can't get the op- you don't get the opportunity to succeed. Enough in an area to make a difference. So the, the the definition is difficult to pin down. The charter really helps in a particular case, and I think if I can give just give you one example uh, of so why I think that the the definition is is difficult to pin down. If you if you take one of my um, favorite topics, which is objection handling, if you as a salesperson for a real startup, you are in a position in which objection handling is really key to the success of a startup. Why? Because they are in that objection. They're giving you an opportunity to give you some input as to which direction your brand new product should go in. So if you're not able to Really listen to that and take it back to product development or product management and say, oh, I just was at this excellent customer and they're right in our sweet spot and they could really do with this. And if you're not listening to that and re- and you're not receiving it in a, in a startup with a startup frame of mind, then the startup is going to fail. Something different happens when a company gets a bit bigger, maybe it's post IPO, maybe it has distractions about uh, shareholder uh, meetings, or maybe it has other very important meetings that have to happen. And maybe uh, you feel as if your product is already successful, you don't have, you you, you feel as if, oh, um, uh, you're asking me questions about my product, but we are already the market leader. Why are you hassling me about uh, this, that or the other? Um, And so you have a slightly different approach to the objection or the question that customer uh, has for you. And as a consequence, How you handle the objection is something that you almost have to relearn in a larger organization. So it's difficult to say, oh, yeah, um, enablement should teach people objection handling. I I feel that you cannot say that given that the enablement error is required and therefore the tasks or the objectives that the enablement department are going to be given will be dictated to by where the company is in its own uh, trajectory from startup through to corporate. And on top of that, you've also got what kind of customers are they talking to? Uh, If they're they're a transactional seller, then they don't want to go in for long sales cycles. So you don't teach them those things. You don't um, put them in a situation where they can expect to sell in six months. They're after a six-week sale. Otherwise, they move on to the next one. So there are so many different variables. It's difficult to pin down what is an enablement definition. However, very glibly put, it's about... About making salespeople successful whether that's as I said training whether that's coaching whether that's the right kind of assets whether that's helping them to uh, do their own discovery whether it's giving them a sounding board for a new proposal whatever happens to be enablement has to be a part of that so that's my kind of best definition
0: I think that's a fantastic definition, Ken. Now, you know, I think as you said, it's it's all relatively unique, Um, and so I'd love your perspective on how practitioners can build upon the enablement foundations to add their own unique flavor or value to the organization.
1: This is extremely important. Each individual will have will come to the organization. They've been hired because they have certain strengths that the hiring manager has seen in the interview and that they they themselves believe that they have. Those are the things that they walk in the door with. And they can start to you know apply those, whether they're excellent teachers, whether they're excellent coaches, or whether they are good at creating uh, e-learning that works. Whatever your strengths are, work with those. Use those in the first 30, 60 days. And then, as I said before, once you've established yourself, there's an excellent opportunity to start stretching yourself, start w- with support from, from management or from uh, uh, sales management, start looking at new areas that you can build yourself up on, provided they fit in with what people are asking. So you might decide, oh, we're going to roll out um, once the company's got a bit bigger, you might just say, okay, let's roll out a, a whole learning management system. You know, you may never have done that before. I would advise you to to uh, ask you know, ask the community that's out there, how do I do this? And stretch yourself. And then you can put it on your CV, you can tick the box, yeah, implemented an LMS at at a corporate and rolled out this number of courses, that number of courses, whatever. So you've you've got your own toolbox, but you've also got the opportunity to start new things, uh, given the right kind of support. And that will obviously help you grow personally as well. You know, doing things exactly like this podcast helps me grow personally, uh, and, and gives me an opportunity to try new things.
0: Well, Ken, I appreciate you joining this podcast? um and in closing, if we could just wrap up on this final question, how do you think enablement as a discipline could potentially evolve in the next year and beyond? Yeah, this is
1: obviously extremely important to it to every person that's involved in enablement. Uh, as I said before, it's it's a fairly new uh, uh, profession. And you do get a lot of people that are coming into it, and, Also, more and more organizations are getting involved in in sales enablement. Some of those organizations have already started to call it revenue enablement, and and that already spreads the remit into perhaps customer customer success or perhaps professional services. Maybe even renewals are involved in revenue enablement. And, And I think that there's an opportunity for enablement as a general practice to cover every department of an organization because. Uh, if I can use one example, let's let's say the furthest removed from sales enablement, and that is let's say engineering. Engineering doesn't just need uh, training on how to develop, or how to use the tools that engineering are working with. It also needs to get enablement on uh, how to work with other departments, how to work with sales, how to understand sales, and. Also, if you take a a thing that a company will very often do, which is make a big noise about the wins that it has in amongst its customer base, which is great news. Everyone loves to see the win success. But for engineering, you might be able to add to that win and say, well, if the win includes uh, which um, use cases were uh, used by which company, then the development, the engineering team or development team that built that piece of the software, the individuals that were involved can say, wow, my, the bit of software that I developed is now being used by company XYZ. Um, and as a consequence, they feel, oh, I've, I've made a difference to that company and that company might be a household name. And therefore, you know, when they're talking about their job uh, with amongst their peers or even amongst the, their friends and family, they can say, oh, my bit of software is now working with uh, company XYZ. And everybody gets a, a warm feeling about the contribution that uh, that person made made to his job and made to that other company. It's not just, oh, I'm a developer and I work in whichever language, Java or JavaScript or whatever, which is all very techie. Everyone can relate to that household name and everyone can relate to how how good it feels for that engineering person to have developed something that company is using. And as a consequence, they are further enabled. They get a boost from that. So I see that uh, enablement has a future as a, as a profession to impact way beyond the confines of sales enablement. And I think that is one of the directions that um, the profession could go in, become an enablement role across an organization.
0: I love that forward-looking view, Ken. Thank you again so much for joining us today. I enjoyed the conversation.
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed uh, talking about uh, uh, my profession.
0: To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.